Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Feel Your Fandom Podcast. My name is Saint. And I'm Jim. And we want to welcome you back into uh, a, a little slice of our lives, a little portion of the proceedings as we go day to day. Uh, we hope you guys are taking care of yourselves out there. Uh, depending upon when you listen to this, it's it's right after the big cold snap uh, across the entirety of the country. Jim, I know you live in Wisconsin. It must be kind of coldish. You know, Wisconsin folks on Facebook and social media, especially, like I've said before, have been given we, the initial reaction is, oh, I'm sorry, in, in the South, are you guys cold? That's we call that Tuesday. But, you know, <laughs> we, we did kind of get brought up short in terms of like having a little more sympathy because, you know, here we have snow shovels, we have salt trucks, we have plows, we have things that can make life easier for us because we anticipate a crappy winter every year. But like Texas, they didn't even insulate their houses. So I feel <laughs> genuine empathy for the folks who are freezing their asses off in the uh, in the great state of Texas. Everybody except Ted Cruz, that is. He can go yeah. to hell. But. Yeah, he yeah. absolutely can. And, and my <laughs> my father was actually caught up in that whole thing. And and he ended up uh, without power for like three or four days. And it's awful. Running awful. heat off of a kerosene space heater. So at least, I mean. But hopefully by the time this drops, it, it'll be will be enough into early parts of spring where the warming trend will have started to spike and gradually continue here in Wisconsin. We always have a very uh, heartbreaker of a cold snap in April that usually brings a couple days worth of snow that melts off pretty quickly. But um, as of next week, as we kind of plow into March a little bit, March going in like a lion and out like a lamb, we always have a, uh, a nice gentle warming trend that happens. So the giant piles of snow that currently frame my driveway will be slinking back off to hell like unwelcome guests in the gutter as soon as the sun pops out again <laughs> right and and, and it's just kind of like it just feels like it's piled right on top of everything one damn thing after another with this with this yeah. pandemic it and doesn't this... melt in between so oh, of course you know yeah we, we, have, we have to stay inside which is i guess when it's cold that's fine but it really is it's just one more raft of shit we shouldn't have had to deal with and it's just making life a lot more difficult right now but that's why we have wonderful things like podcasts where we talk to our friends and, and learn new things and, and, and hopefully bring new things to new people. Absolutely. And if you're looking for the podcast, you can find us wherever your finest podcasts are located. And by that, I mean Apple and Spotify and Google, Pandora, iHeartRadio. We're all over the place. Uh, if you want to reach out and get in touch with the show, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash fuel your fandom. Uh, you can also send us a, a, an email if you want to get in touch with the show. Uh, feel your fandom at gmail.com or if you want to be on the show or if you have a friend who'd like to be on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic for the show you can drop us a line at fyf talent booking at gmail.com and we will get your messages and we'll check them out and uh, we will proceed accordingly from there absolutely and so one of the cool things and i've, I've told people that i have to really kind of examine uh this whole pandemic situation and the whole covid situation as as a whole and try to find that silver lining, try to find those, those little bits of, of, of happiness that peek through. And one of mine I've always said is, is the ability to have this podcast continue uh, because ostensibly it was designed to be a face-to-face -face conversation uh, with friends about the things that they're nerdy about the things and get granular conversations that way. But the real cool thing about the pandemic, and, and that's a really weird sentence to say out loud, mm. the um, silver lining to the pandemic, <laughs> right. Is that uh, it's allowed me to reach out to a wider range of people to extend myself to a wider audience and through zoom and, and, and Skype to be able to have these conversations with people that are like John champion or, uh, B.J. Shea in Tacoma or uh, or in Seattle. Or, Sh or Shiloh Prychak from New Wave Toys. Or, or 
Taryn Daly from KISW, we're able to reach out to all these people who would never really have the time to sit down face to face, but yeah, they can jump in front of their camera uh, for an hour and, 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 and chew the fat with, with me and us about the nerdy things in life. And, and it just gives you that, that momentary uh, feeling of normalcy, I guess. Connection. Is, yeah, connection. Community. And so in that vein, uh, today we have a guest on the program. Uh, she is uh, been she's been floating around my uh, nerd community for quite some time, uh, and, and I'm really glad to get a chance to to talk with her about the things that she's nerdy about and the things that she's got on her plate. I want to welcome to the Feel Your Fandom podcast, uh, Nuda. Nuda, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. Um, I'm excited to be on here and, like you said, connect with people, get to know new people, and uh, yeah, it's it's interesting that this pandemic brought people a lot more closely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely forced us to focus on, on the things that really matter in, in certain yeah. regards. I mean, uh, certainly uh, in-person communication, hugs and, mm-hmm. and high fives and, 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 and things like that are certainly missing at this point. But uh, we've all managed to maintain that human connection, I think, to a large degree. Uh, We're all digitally. pack animals at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to, like, one of the first things that we like to talk about uh, uh, for anyone who's, who's new to the program or uh, new guests that we have involved with the program, we kind of like to get involved with, with who you are as a person and have you kind of just tell us a little bit more about, about you and the things that you're nerdy about. Uh, so I'm going to give the, the, the floor over to you, Nuda, if you can uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, yeah. Um, I've honestly been a huge nerd since as long as I can remember. Um, all the best I, people are yeah <laughs> i i've always been interested in electronics like watching my dad take apart things and putting them back together um and like those little sciencey kits that you find mm-hmm. like, making the green jelly <laughs> that Fun. tastes like uh i don't know what it tastes like <laughs> it tastes <laughs> it tastes like I, <laughs> I didn't think we were supposed to eat that i don't know maybe you know. <laughs> i think there was there was a harry potter kit that i had at uh. one point <laughs> um but yeah that that really evolved to uh pc gaming uh okay. i got introduced to that in high school uh there was a computer lab that they had there and there's always like a slew of kids playing counter-strike swords and it looked mm. really fun to me um so I started playing I was, I was like oh my god this is so fun I'm hooked <laughs> and uh we did that every single lunchtime and I got to use a really old laptop that my dad had and it did not run the game well whatsoever so uh I always played it you know during school and after school and uh eventually when I got older and actually made money I built my own PC and it was a beast like it weighed more than me because <laughs> <People laughs> I'm, I'm super petite so you know you could just pick me up and carry me away <laughs> it was it was a it was a extra size full-size tower nice it weighed about like 40 pounds because it was it was ridiculous <laughs> um i yeah, haven't that, built a pc in a great long time but i know i'm not very good at it <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun it takes a long time but it's so satisfying when you push the power button and it turns on everything starts oh working God, and yeah this. this is this is my baby um <laughs> i helped a friend recently build her first computer and uh, she's been slowly saving up and getting piece by piece as you know time goes and 
for me, she has a lot of patience. I, I cannot wait months to build a PC. I have to get everything all at once. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I've been playing PC games for like over 10 years now. Um, it was from Left 4 Dead was another one that I played a lot on. See, this is where I'm showing my age. My introduction to PC gaming was Oregon Trail. So I'm uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to, to bust out the cane and the bifocals at this point. <laughs> no, you know what? That reminded me. When my family and I lived at my grandpa's house, they had one of the old, old computers that had the black screen and green text. And there was this ant game. And it was so hard. And, you know, when you die, you have to start all over again. Uh, so I, I don't remember what the computer model was, but that was also around the um, Super Nintendo days with Donkey Kong. My whole yeah, family. I remember being, being blown away by Doom back in the day. So again, oh, I'm probably yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, so old over here. See, and I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned it because just the entire time she's talking about that, I'm thinking, what was I playing in in middle high school? <laughs> it was Oregon Trail, and it was uh huh. They had this really shitty. Uh, Translate, and I mean, Jim had a conversation real recently about how uh, video games translating to movies are, are, are entirely hot garbage most of the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I had this really old PC game on, on, it was like a Pentium 90 back in the day that played, uh, it was a Terminator game and it's very blocky graphics, but you're walking around trying to find Sarah Connor and shoot her. So um, uh, I, I've looked since to try and find a copy of that game, like to, to, to like, you emulate a copy of that game and everything, but I just can't find it, which is maybe for the best too, because it's hard to go backwards sometimes. It is, yeah. It is. There, there's been some simulators out there that I've tried getting again. Uh, like there is one for uh, Chips Challenge. Uh, if you guys have played that, it's a it's a key arrow game that you're trying to find a key to open gates and this little. It's super blocky, like Minesweeper graphics quality. Um, <laughs> Some yeah. old Atari shit going on. Yeah. For real. <laughs> Pretty much. And well, I'm, all, I'm a big fan of emulation and everything. So I buy things like the, uh, the NES Classic or the Super NES Classic. And then yeah. I even went out so far, and I haven't really played around with it yet, but I bought, um, it was, uh, God, what was it? It was a Commodore 64 Classic. And it has something like 80 original Commodore 64 games. Oh, man. Um, and I, I can't even dig into it. It's just so hard. But <laughs> yeah, we nice actually did have. an episode on retro video gaming. I don't know if it, I, this is an audio only medium for the people listening, but you can sort of see behind me, I got an arcade cabinet back there, and there's a bunch of miniature replica <laughs> arcade cabinets on top. So, yeah, retro gaming is, is, is a, big, a big area of, of fandom for both Kevin and I. So, it's, it's nice to be able to, uh, to kind of reminisce about that stuff with somebody else who's, who's also got some experience with it. Absolutely. And when we were talking uh, before we got started here today, uh, we were talking a bit more about uh, the kind of the nerdy things and because and, and, that's kind of where we focus normally. Uh, you had mentioned that uh, uh, you had gotten recently into Dungeons and Dragons uh, over the course of this pandemic. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so that would be thanks to Sky. Um, Hi, Sky. <laughs> yeah. Sky has also been a guest on this podcast before and we, we are definitely huge fans of Sky Warden. Oh, well, me too. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> we've, we've been lasting a little while long together, which is great. He's amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we went to Fairy Worlds uh, when his band was playing. And there was a couple of friends he had there that were just, no, yeah, it was a couple of friends. And we actually brought a D&D &D set in our camping tent. 
because uh, Fairy World, you know, you just bring camping stuff and there's like slew of people. And he has this ridiculous size nine person tent that we were able to fit like a six person table in it. And we set wow. up D&D all over the fr- uh, all over the place. And that was the first time I was playing. And well, that's committing to nerddom right there. Bringing your D&D yep. gaming table on a camping trip. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he started buying things little by little because uh, he used to play growing up and I've never played. I've, you know, I've heard about it. And I, I was always interested in playing because um, I actually played Yu-Gi-Oh as well. And I never really got into magic until recently, too, because our same friends. Um, but yeah, once you play, made up the storyline. It was really, really fun. He paints and makes his own landscapes and uh, dungeon things. And we played for six hours that day. Nice. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun, you know, making your character. The dice, of course, is like the key, the 20 sided yep. dice and mm-hmm. you know you, you learn about the the yeet <laughs> and natural 20 and the the one like god damn it <laughs> um, yep. critical fail critical the fail. dice hate me today yep then there's a the dice jail if it if it does you wrong continuously um my favorite die bastards away <laughs> my favorite die in my set is i have this i have a d20 and I, I need to put it on my desk again because I got all my nerd shit representing on my desk and I need to put it back out again. But it's a D20, but it's like the size of a softball. It's like, it's a good oh size. <laughs> and uh, I've always called that my uh, my D20 stun because if I rolled a crit on it, I always threw it. And I could you could bust heads with that thing. It's it's humongous. So. <laughs> you just roll it on carpet? My D20 stun, yeah. So. <laughs> a weapon in and of itself. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. But now you were talking also about how you guys have adapted. You and Sky have adapted uh, your uh, your your D and D campaigning through uh, COVID uh, into a, dirg- a digital uh, virtual space. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Because that's really super uh, interesting, and that's something that I think a lot of uh, the people who listen to this program certainly can kind of uh, um, get in touch with. Yeah, um, it was funny. Like I was mentioning earlier, we we started a campaign. uh, We played for about a year, but we did not get together that often or as often as you know as we wanted. There would be it's hard to get people together. Oh yeah, totally. It was like two three months in between. But since even uh, pre pandemic, -pandemic, yeah, pre pandemic. But once the pandemic started, we're like, hey, we miss everyone. Let's get together, (laughs) and now we meet you know virtually every other week. That's really cool, and it's 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 a fun setup. Um, this guy, you know, he's a videographer, so we have like multiple cameras in the house, and he has set up a full on rig, like production, just to play D and D with their friends. He's got setting up a videography rig, bringing a nine person tent. Uh, yeah, this guy does it for real. I mean, this, oh, yeah. he, I, I got mad respects to to you and your and your partner there because that's that's commitment, and I I, I definitely appreciate it. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, he really is our, oh my God, our home is getting ridiculous with minis and landscape stuff that he's been painting. It's just (laughs) slowly increasing where we've had to get dedicated walls of shelving and cupboards just for D&D because it's grown so much. Um, I love that idea so much. I'm so (laughs) hardcore into that idea. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of fun because the setup is we have a camera facing the table with, you know, the whole layout that he he mapped out uh, for the game. Then we have a camera on him because he's a DM. And then we all use uh, Facebook Messenger. Um, and he actually connects, like, he has a mic that he connects through IO. 
and uh, I have a mic also, and we have a Bluetooth speaker so we can hear them. It's it's a whole thing, <laughs> but it, it works well. Um, we did try that D20 website or a, oh, I forget what it's called, but there there is a dedicated website for it. It's a little clunky, um, but since we, like, he started building all his miniatures, he wanted to, you know, showcase those, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, so we've been doing that every other week now, and we've been getting together way more often since the pandemic, and it's a lot of fun. It's super fun because of the fact of the matter, and it's, it's very much in line with how I've managed to keep the show going and actually grow the broadcast as as the pandemic has gone on, is because uh, the same, like the same thing. It's like you don't have to get everybody together in one place. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to carve out an hour of time if there's not driving, getting dressed, hauling all your gear, uh, meeting up. I mean, if you can do it all from the comfort of your home, like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you guys this right now. I'm still wearing pajama pants. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah, wearing would... pants? Amateur. <laughs> <laughs> and see, normally I wouldn't leave the house doing it like this. I mean, that's just not done for me, but it's like, you can handle all this and do all of this from the comfort of your own home. It's so much easier to just say, look, be available from like three to four o'clock. Mm-hmm. And, and, we'll, and we'll get interact and we'll have fun and we'll talk. And yeah. it's, it's been me because what else have we got going on anyways at this point? Right. You know? Exactly. And uh, our, our sessions last about three to five hours That's each, so great. each time. It's, it's, it's so much fun and it goes by, you know, pretty fast. Um, and we all have like our little routine where we take breaks and, um, you know, we ordered food, which, oh my God, I think Uber Eats has gotten a lot of money from us. <laughs> um, we, we do that. Or we have our drinks, you know, on, on the other side and we seriously play until one of our friends starts falling asleep. <laughs> and, you know, you can be, like you say, you can be comfortable. Like people can join from their couches and do a screencasting to their tv so we can see everyone bigger and uh yeah it's, it's, it's a lot of technology fun. has really made being a nerd so much more acceptable and approachable yeah i feel and easier to pull off yeah but uh now i realize uh we we just dove right into the nerd topics and everything as we tend to do mm-hmm. so i kind of want to uh, uh talk a little bit about about you and 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 who you are as a person. We've already got to see the nerd side of you, which is absolutely fantastic. That's definitely, you know, we, we cross a lot of Venn diagrams off with each other there. But uh, uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, uh, who you are and, 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 and your music. You're a musician. Uh, I think that's what, something we have all three of us have in common. Yep. Uh, is that we are musicians. And so uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, you as a musician and uh, uh, kind of... Uh, encapsulate that for us if you could yeah uh so i am a solo musician uh i do not sing which you know, <laughs> I have to i have to highlight i do i do not sing um i i mean that's have, all i do so you know <laughs> perfect i may have to have you guess on one of my songs you might want to listen to me sing first <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways anyways yeah it's a electronic style uh, more of a, a, a dis- how people have described it, it's an ambient gothic industrial. Okay. Uh, so that, that's that's the range of it. Um, it's kind of a atmospheric kind of style too, um, and it ranges. This this I'm, I'm working on a, a second album that's releasing, and this one's more upbeat and heavier than the first one. 
um, I've had the pleasure of working with a bandmate from DK Zero. Um, and yeah, I've been working on this project for I think two years now. Um, I'm also, I play electric guitar and I was in another electronic band before this. And um, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, but since band kind of, you know, life happened, we moved to different states and we just haven't done anything for like six years now. And I was really itching and missing playing live shows, which, you know, that was always a fun thing to do because I felt like I could be myself on stage. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I, you know, kind of did the typical work slacks and you know button up shirts and just kind of you know just plain normal <laughs> thing but then on stage you know I get all get up and full makeup and fun hair and just get it I've seen some of the out. shots from the shows that you do they're fantastic and, and it looks like so much fun it's very energetic thank you yeah, yeah. it's 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 a really a lot of fun um it's always nerve-wracking every single time playing a show for me oh it is for sure yeah yeah there, there every was time, time there were a lot of fireball shots before each show <laughs> <laughs> liquid like courage to, for the win yeah. i like to tell people to start out like on my band my previous band prize revolt we, we played a show up at uh, the hard rock in seattle Okay. And I hope to God I'm not going to get this guy in trouble because he was amazing. The bartender there, and I, I don't remember his name, and I'm sad about that. But uh, uh, we're getting ready. This is one of the bigger shows that we've played at that point, and, and we were breaking out a lot of new material and everything. And 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 so uh, uh, we were there a little bit early, obviously, to set up and everything. And, and the bartender comes over to me and he goes, uh, "Hey, you want? Do you want a shot of whiskey?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm trying to keep it to beer right now because you know I got I'm kind of on a budget, you know." Uh, and he's like, "Hey." I didn't ask if you wanted to pay for it. I asked if you wanted some whiskey. And I'm like, oh, well then, hell yeah, let's go. Yeah, and that he, just, he kept feeding me whiskey shots all night. And so by the time I got up on stage at the fucking Hard Rock in Seattle, I was I was feeling no pain. I was completely able to just ball out, ball out. And, and it was fantastic. And I think it reflected in the music. It was a great show. Well, and all the but, bands uh, I've been in have been in and around the Milwaukee area, and I was always the drummer. Beer. So, I, you know, the, the beer flows like uh, like beer in Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> it really is. It's more plentiful than the, the water supply in Milwaukee is 40 proof. So, you know, you'd always have like a pitcher. I was there. There were certain shows that I played that I was lucky that I was the drummer because I got to sit the fuck down. Oh, my so God. that was a good thing. Um, not that I, I would never play impaired. But, you know, if it's a weekend and you've worked all week and you've done your day job and then you get to go and pretend to be a rock star for a couple hours, um, it definitely don't, don't is, is a good time to uh, to knock back a, a whole a couple of pictures of the local product just to loosen up for your show. I've so that was completely uh, impaired before. <laughs> <laughs> I always you know, thought that was just kind of the gig, you know, if you if you if you need to take a little edge off, you know. The drinking culture in Milwaukee is insane, and that definitely extends to the uh, the whole uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll culture. Not that there was much of the uh, the, the first two happening, but you know there was always beer. Yeah, there you go. Right. And so uh, you said that you're working on uh, your second album. Uh, you are actually releasing this second album on the day that this podcast airs. Am I correct? Woo yes, perfect timing. So Friday, March fifth, as you're listening to this. Uh, your new album, Mindful Tragedies, is uh, is available and out there. It's available for pre-order right now, but uh, it, it, as we play, as this airs, your album's out there and available. Uh, and you said this That's is exciting. a bit more of an upbeat album, a little bit more uh, yeah. upbeat, energetic kind of thing. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about it. 
exactly. Um, I, I really, um, I guess I don't really have a process on how I make music. Um, I more look for sounds that, you know, just strike me and then I build off of that. Um, I guess my songs really don't have, you know, in quotes, meaning. Uh, <laughs> it's just more just a vibe of how, you know, I'm feeling, you know. Well, then it also lets the listener project their own meaning onto it. Yeah, I was just going to say, exactly. that's really cool about electronic music and that kind of a genre in general is, is you don't have a vocalist telling you the emotion that they're putting into the song on. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're able to, to paint whatever emotional you have with your, with, with your own broad brush. And that's almost makes it more acceptable and more uh, accessible, I should say, to, to, to people who listen to it. I, I would think that's definitely a positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know a lot of inspiration came from um, being in the same room as a couple other musicians, which is Sky and Derek from DK Zero. He came up and visited for a while to work on the album. And I think we were playing a show around that time, too. But since they were, you know, in, in our studio working on some music, I decided to, you know, take my mini studio out on the kitchen table. And I started making music and like, they came out like, what the hell? <laughs> like, <laughs> it came out like a really, really good song. And it's actually ended up being, um, uh, Derek did a, a remix of it. And uh, it it turned out amazing. So that's how awesome. he and I collaborated together. And he mixed and mastered this album. Um, that's really it's, cool. It's it's phenomenal. It, it, was, it was worth every tear (laughs) um so yeah it was it was a lot of fun definitely on the more darker side and i have a lot of influence from industrial music anyway um so like gary newman skinny puppy those kind of bands the three t the classics yep exactly um so of course i i gravitate towards those sounds in general and when i hear those when i'm making music or using you know all the vsts i use um i just keep building off of that and I, I'm, I'm really proud of this album and how it turned out uh it's really going in a direction I've always been picturing uh so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to jump into uh one of the songs from Mindful Tragedies with Nuda and continue to talk uh music and this pandemic and and everything involved with it so stick around we'll be right back
welcome back, everybody. Uh, so that was Electric from Nuda's new album, Mindful Tragedies, the remix done with uh, Derek from DK Zero. Holy shit, that's moody as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I hope you'll pardon my language. I really enjoyed that. Thanks. Yeah, not this Damn. time, dude. You, you no. crossed the line now. Damn it, that's it. <laughs> Show's canceled. That's the line. Damn Can't it. Go any further. <laughs> cancel culture. <laughs> we just did an episode oh. about cancel culture, so I just got canceled on my own show. I agree. <laughs> I'll, I'll take but, it from uh, here. You're fine. <laughs> but okay so that uh, that that is really just it's pounding it's pulsy i love it i, I really i mean that, now i'm gonna say out loud that's that's not usually typically my my genre that i, I that i drift towards but I, I mean i've never turned it off when it's on you know what i mean does that make sense yeah totally. I, I mean i try good to, music is good music and right. i'm actually i'm super i'm super um like my bands have always been kind of like post-grunge power pop sort of stuff um cough cough so when, rock <laughs> no okay i love yacht rock but i've never been in a yacht rock band and i thought i wouldn't but uh like you know but I, I i've never really played heavy music as a musician but i've always appreciated it like i started getting into uh, and i'm gonna age myself horribly here um when i was I've in high school that. oh yeah you know you're right so I, I, I lose nothing by this when i was in high school um i, I grew up uh, about an hour north of chicago so chicago had a huge industrial scene in the 90s and i kind of became aware of it and started to kind of pick up some of the um, like the wax tracks artists, especially um, kind of at the early, early stages, obviously, you know, um, Nine Inch Nails is, is, is a giant industrial band. And they're sort of like the, the McDonald's of not that I'm begging on Trent Reznor. I love Trent Reznor, but you know, I, I know a lot of like really hardcore industrial artists kind of roll their eyes at Trent for going to work for Disney these days, but you always got to be first. Like, Come on. Yeah. Like, like I listened to a lot of really like in the very early stuff, like KMFDM and pig face and like Einstein and new button and a lot of like, you know, skinny puppy and, and a lot of that sort of like really early super rootsy industrial stuff. And it's been really interesting over the years to kind of watch how, and to listen, how that's where things started and to kind of see, you know, people like you who have been influenced by that stuff and to, to listen to the progression of where it started versus where it's kind of been going and, and kind of where it is now. It's been a really gratifying thing to hear as somebody who's, who's uh, you know, it's, it's been on my radar for a long, long time. And, and to, to be able to, to see that it's, it's still so vital and still so, um, and still growing, really. It's just, it's a really gratifying thing to see. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's yeah. Industrial music, it, it always the, the gothic kind of darker vibe has always felt like home to me. And that makes sense. Um, yeah. I never have been to a gothic club before until I moved as, uh, to Washington. Um, and when a friend took me there, I was like, oh my God, my people. I'm home. I feel so I'm good home. here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, I, I love Washington and Seattle for that purpose. Um, it has a really great music scene out here, especially, you know, that whole community. And people are really great out here too. So I'm, I'm from California uh, and I moved out here about, six seven years ago and uh i, I felt like washington is my new home like i'm, I'm never going back to, to california I'm, I'm, i like it i had that i had that too i came from colorado and, and i kind of moved up to the pacific northwest around uh oh and i say it was like 20 something years ago it was almost like 22 years ago at this point and uh as soon as i got here i realized this was home i mean just as such a there's such a vast cultural difference between colorado springs and and here, I mean, Colorado Springs is like, ugh. I mean, culturally <laughs> kind of dead. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not saying that to disparage any of you out in Colorado Springs who still live there, and I love you all. And and there's at least one person I know who's in Colorado Springs as we speak who's going to be listening to this. So, 
Renee, nothing against you. I love you. You're fine. But uh, culturally, I mean, there was really not a whole lot going on there. So it was really hard for me to find my niche and find my my purpose. And so when I moved up to the Pacific Northwest, uh, I discovered, you know, there's culturally, there's there's so many different uh, uh, ethnicities developed up here. There's so many different uh, uh, groups of people and so many more different inclusive groups of people around up here that it was really able to uh, find my way, as it were, find a, find a home, find a community that I could uh, open up with. And so I was able to start becoming more you know, I tell people I'm a liberal, I'm a dyed in the wool liberal, and I am. I'm not, I don't use that as a pejorative at all, but definitely moving up here has definitely uh, keyed in on that and capitalized on that. And, and my compassion for people uh, is broadened by the amount of people I interact with now. But, you know, culturally, musically, um, scene related, I mean, there's so many different ways to be yourself yeah that it's 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 just something really gratifying yeah absolutely um like I you know you totally hit the nail on on the head that that's exactly how I feel when I when I moved out here like I've never seen such an inclusive diverse community before Mm -hmm. um California it's it's so spread apart too and I I grew up in the desert and there's absolutely nothing out there. Uh, and it's, you know, you have to drive four hours just to get to somewhere scenic. Um, and, you know, out here in Washington, there's so many different kinds of people. There's different scenery within an hour of, you know, uh, a radius. And uh, I do, you know, enjoy the greenery, of course, is just one thing, you know, that the weeds are green is what I said to compare to California. There's just brown yeah. all over the place. And, I love to go snowboard snowboarding as well. And there's mountains all over the place here. I love hiking and you just be in the middle of the forest. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. There's just everything you can, you can think about here. There's a lot of possibilities. Within a, within a two hour window, you can be in almost any type of environment. You can be, you know, the two hours Northeast, you can be at the ski slopes, mm-hmm. which are almost always covered. You can go to Mount Rainier in about two and a half hours. Uh, about three hours out, you can be in the desert. Yeah. out towards eastern Washington. Uh, you can be at the ocean in an hour and a half uh, from where you live, where I live. We live very close together. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's, you can be lost in the middle of, a, of the woods yeah. in a matter of minutes, no matter oh, yeah. where you live. I, I got lost when I went hiking for the first time out here and I was by myself. <laughs> that was a very, not very wise idea. <laughs> but thank goodness there are many other people who hike. So I actually ran into a jogger. And I felt like a little kid. I'm like, I'm lost. Could you please help me? me? <laughs> Take me back to civilization. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've enjoyed well, my time in the forest, but I'd like a coffee now, please. Yes, please. And that's <laughs> also great out here too. God, there's a coffee oh, yeah. everywhere. Coffee culture is amazing. You know, and I'm in Wisconsin, but I've traveled a lot for work. I've lived in about a dozen different states in the last 10 or 12 years just traveling for work. And I tried real, real hard to move to the Pacific Northwest. I didn't make it as far as Seattle, but I do have quite a few friends up there, you know, present company very much included. But I did try to move to Portland twice. I know there's a little bit of a Portland-Seattle rivalry going on, but I did, you know, I, I, I understand even though I've never lived where you guys are, I still, as soon as I got off the plane, there's only a couple of different places where I got off the plane and immediately felt like, oh yeah, I could very easily live here. Yeah. And I tried to get a gig there and move there a couple of different times within the, my, my day job field, but uh, it never really worked out. But 
but I do absolutely love that area. And uh, I, I do hope to, um, with the current job that I have, my, my current plan is to, to get an RV and be a digital nomad coming up pretty soon. So I, I think I'll be spending a whole hell of a lot of time in the Pacific Northwest because it's just one of my favorite areas of the country. So I totally understand exactly what you guys are talking about. I felt that even if I didn't get to live there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what I want to do now is I want to get into another uh, piece of your, your new album, uh, Mindful Tragedies. Uh, what's the next track that you want to feature? Yeah, um, yeah, let's do All In Your Head. That's actually a song uh, that a new music video is coming out with as well. Okay, um, nice. That just feels like video game music to me, and because I'm such a huge, I equate a lot of things to video gaming, and that just kind of makes me want to just. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've gotten a lot of great feedback on the the how people feel. Um, they compare it a lot to like like you said, video game music, or it could be on movies. And uh, one that really made me excited was it could be on John Wick movies, and Ooh. I love John Ooh. Wick. I'm like, oh my god, that is, that's a compliment. <laughs> Fuck Very yeah, like so. John Wick's going through this dark-ass club like in the first movie when he's murdering yeah. all them Russians and just, ooh. And ooh, the strobe got... lights are going and there's just a whole lot of action happening. Yeah. I can see it. I can see that shit, for real. I can see it. Like, I can hear it. You can't do that with my music. My music is a very specific thing. It's, 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 uh, for the most part, I write very uh, political-type rants and, and things like that. And in fact, uh, I've been really kind of pushing not to for a while because it's like we're almost uh, inundated with political messagery these days and so i'm trying like i've, I've got this song that uh, i'm working on right now and it's of course not a way to divert the conversation onto me i don't like doing that at all but just kind of the differences in and in, in, in the approach is uh my bandmates have come up with this tune that they put together and and i'm it's my job to kind of get the the emotional punch from the the the, the instrumentation to kind of figure out what the song is saying to me. And so uh, I had a re at an event recently that happened. Uh, one of my uh, closer friends ha had recently committed suicide. And, but I wanted to kind of memorialize him kind of in th through song. But like, and I was trying to find a way to incorporate some of the lyrics that him and I had come up with uh, uh, at one point or another, but I couldn't really find a way to make it mesh with my my sound, the way that, that, that it works for me. But I definitely, around... Uh, the topic of of pain and anguish and the end of a relationship and the end of mm -hmm. the seeming end of everything and and so I just kept that in, in my mind and, and so finally I was, I was 
my method is I listen to the music, the instrumental track over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again until it says something to me. And so I'm, I'm trying to fit it to this message and I'm just having a real hard time. And so I'm like, this was literally last night, I'm driving for work and I've got it filtered through my headphones and it came to me and I'm like, holy moly, hold on a second. And I, and I kept playing and I kept kind of running through the words that were coming into my head as I was listening to it. And I'm like, that works. Yeah. Holy shit, that works. Oh, I tried to call my guitar player and, and he was asleep. I'm like, damn it, I need to talk to someone about this. This works. <laughs> so what is, what, is, what is your process when you start building a track? Yeah. Where does it start from you? Is, is it, do you, you said you kind of try and find sounds that really light you up. Um, just, can you walk us through the process of like from inspiration to completion of a track, kind of how you put things together for, for the music that you're doing? Thank you for roping me back in. That was where I was kind of trying to go with this. But... No, that's, that's actually, I mean, very similar. Um, I, this album, there actually has been a lot of emotional uh, depression or, oh, sure. you know, uh, honestly, I, I had a friend pass away too. Um, he went missing and uh, he was a friend I went to uh, with high school. He, mm -hmm. uh, he and I actually won uh, like, senior queen and king of homecoming together and it was a music school and we would always play you know, foo fighters and muse together he was a drummer um but i found out what happened and uh they found him in you know an abandoned building um and when i found that out like i i've never been so like you know just just awful and uh, shell shocked yeah, exactly. And yeah. I, I've never felt that way with, you know, a friend uh, passing away. So that's actually where the song Missing came from uh, on the album, too. I just, you know, started just picking through sounds until, like I said, something strikes me. I, I have a lot of, uh, a huge library of stuff. And my process is I just keep clicking for like an hour <laughs> until I find something. And then once I find that, um, I, I feel like I do a pretty good job on finding the, the tone um, of the style. Emotion. Yeah. Yeah. And especially to build on top of each other and just, figure out what meshes well um and, you know I, sometimes like after i make a song i'm like 
how the hell did I make this? Like, I, I don't even know. You just kind of go in a fog. Uh, it's, until it's, it's, a, it's a catharsis. It's just you're yeah. kind of exercising these these feelings that are in your head and, 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 yeah. and putting them all out there. And, and I've, I've definitely felt that as well. And in fact, I mean, I think that's something really universal about music is, is there's going to be, maybe, maybe it doesn't mesh with everybody. Maybe it doesn't kick with everybody. Not everybody's going to feel what you feel through uh, the music that you put together. But when you find those people and they they jive to your thing and, and they feel what you put out. And, and the point I was trying to make with, with the earlier talk, I hate talking about myself. I end up doing it a lot, but uh, talking about the, the new lyrics that I put together and I just sent them over to my, uh, my bass player this morning. I, we have a group chat on Facebook. And so I popped the new lyrics into the, into the group chat and uh, it, it's called it's over is the name of the song. And uh, my bass player goes, that sounds an awful lot like a suicide note. And I'm like, yeah. Funny you should say that. I'm very glad you caught that because that was the intention. It's like, thank you for getting that. That's, yeah. it's meant to express that kind of emotion. And like you said, with your songs, you, 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 you find a way to think of it like a tap on the side of your head. You sit, you're sitting there and you're, you're twisting the tap until something comes out. Like you said, you're sampling a bunch of different uh uh, of pieces until you find a way to express that emotion that you're trying to express. And then once it's all out there, like you said, it's a catharsis. Mm -hmm. It's just all of a sudden it's all out there and it's like, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> shit. That came from me. Well, I've right. always felt like any art, any art, whether it's dance, whether it's painting, whether it's architecture, um, you know, is, is a tangible, uh, it's, it's, it's a, an, attempt on the part of the artist to create something tangible out of something like emotion. And I just saw it's, it's, you know, Facebook is great for like memes full of trite bumper sticker bullshit. But at the same time, I saw something this morning that was posted by a musician friend of mine who makes custom uh, die cut metal guitar picks. Mm -hmm. And he made one that, that, um, that said music is what feelings sound like. Yeah. And it just really kind of struck me. And I'm like, yeah, that like really, that. that makes a lot of sense, you know? So for, you know, you to be able to sort of take the the pain that you felt and to express that, to turn it into something beautiful. I'm sure that um, anybody who listens to it will pick that up. And I'm sure that um, your friend would be very, very honored by your taking something that was, that was very tragic and turning it into something that was beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. And so we're going to take a real short break. Okay, so when we come back, we're going to have another piece of mindful tragedies, a song called tension. And we're going to continue our conversation with Nuda. Stick around.
I'm looking forward to listening to these in my car. I've got really good speakers in yeah. my car. So. <laughs> Same. That's where I listen to everything I want to take, take a, a, a closer ear to. Um, our best stereos are in our vehicles. Yes. It's, am- <laughs> it's amazing how much uh, each track has such a different emotional vibe to it. I really freaking dig that. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. They're, they're, I feel like with my music, there's, uh, there is a vast, you know, um, choice. Uh, you know, not every song hits every person, but there always seems to be at least one song for everyone. Uh, which you know, I'll take it. <laughs> um, as long yeah. as like someone out there and enjoys listening to my music, that's that's you know, that's all I want. Well, that's something else I wanted to talk about because there's it's it, maybe only metal is another is is the a genre that's more sort of like defined by just sort of being heavy and very impactful. So I I, I kind of wanted to get your take a little bit on um, just listening to, to to the stuff that we've listened to today. Um, there's definitely a distinctly feminine energy to it, even though it's still very impactful and it's very heavy and it's still very much in, in the industrial realm. Um, you know, it's, it's got, a, it's got a, a different feel, a different texture to it than like some of the other, like sort of really muscular dude driven stuff. So what do you, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm interested to kind of hear what, what your take on, on why as, as a genre industrial music is, is, women are really underrepresented, but it seems to really benefit from being led by a feminine energy. Yeah, no, that's, that's, oh, that, that, that's really cool that, that you said that. Um, I find that a compliment actually. Um, well, I, I hope so. It was definitely intended. As well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I can't really explain that. Um, it's just, I, I really don't know how to explain it. I, you know, I'm, I'm just drawn to those kind of sounds in general, um, maybe like I got a thought behind it. I, I got a thought behind it that I'm trying to hopefully doesn't come across as sounding like misogynistic or anything. But I know for me, uh, a lot of, of of the music that I listen to, the heavy metal music that I listen to, the rock music I listen to, is driven by a lot of really strong, like negative type of emotions, like hate or anger or mm-hmm. or fear or things yeah. like that. Whereas what I've gotten from the things that I've listened to from your album, uh, Nuda, is that uh, it, it encompasses a wider variety, a wider variety, I should say, of of emotional access. It's it's uh, you can you you're not just anger. You're also hope, and 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 there's a, with the the tension, you can definitely feel that in that song as well. And and maybe that's just a matter of the feminine energy coming out through it as being uh, more emotionally aware yeah. well men have been sort of stigmatized as being only, the only acceptable emotions that it's is that we're that we're able to express are like rage and lust but you know to have a, a, a more a wider emotional palette to draw from to create the music i think is is it definitely benefits from that to be to being to being feminine driven yeah I, I i totally agree with that and i i think so too is my struggle in the beginning was like you know, I need to have every song the same style if, you know, I'm going to have, in quotes, a, drawn, a genre to explain or, or put to it. Uh, that's why it's actually taken, you know, until the second album to get people's feedback. I'm like, what genre am I, you know? <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I like the darker feel and I would like it to be categorized just because to, you know, get my my project name out there. Um, I, I think... Like you said, there is a vast majority of emotion in it. And I really am a strong advocate for mental health. Um, and as are we as well. Thank you. I'm yeah, glad yeah, to hear you sure. say that. 
yeah, it's, it's, it's human, you know, um, and it's okay to show that it's okay to be vulnerable and mm -hmm. it's okay to show your confidence too. Um, it's, it's okay to be yourself. And yeah, I, absolutely. I finally got comfortable to saying, you know what, I don't care what genre this sounds like. It's, <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there. And this and, is me in audio form. Yeah, exactly. And I get that. I feel that listening to the tracks. I mean, like I said, yeah, for sure. You and I have been uh, associated uh, around the same circle for, for a number of years now. And, and so I've known about you. And, and of course, I know Sky and, and we all know a lot of the same musician friends and, and things like that. So it's really easy to uh, identify, you know, kind of a bit more about who you actually are and, and, and the feeling I get from you. Uh, if that doesn't sound too weird, yeah. um, but I get I get you through the music, you know, uh, I, I feel uh, your emotional spectrum coming out through that music. And, and it's it's breathtaking. It's actually really, really cool. Thank you. So uh, I, now I want to cut us. Uh, we already talked about uh, you got the album Mindful Tragedies dropping on uh, March 5th, uh, as well as a video release. Now, what's the video for? Uh, that one's for All in Your Head. Okay. And uh, that one was really fun to do. I actually uh, just happened to come across uh, some vocals from Jamie Valentine, and she's part of uh, her own solo project, which just happened to be a coincidence. And I, I really got excited. I'm like, oh, my God, another woman, strong electronic <laughs> artist. And uh, got her vocals and put that to the song. It, it just really, really made that song, I feel like. And um, I'm really, really proud of this one. Awesome. And, 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 and so I'm looking forward to watching that with, uh, along with everybody else, uh, Ditto. again, Friday, <laughs> March 5th now. Uh, and I have your website, uh, www.nuda-official.com. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. And so, uh, www.nuda-official.com. Is that where you can go to, uh, find out where to purchase the new album and watch the new video? Yes. I've got, I, try my best to put everything and keep everything updated on the website um i do everything myself so it's very very time consuming so yeah i you might have to get some hints from you about that because i'm absolute rubbish with trying to keep a website going i'm terrible at it <laughs> it takes a lot of hours and um liquid relaxation <laughs> <laughs> well, that i can muster you know a, a solo artist in every sense of the word, not just, uh, you know, making your own music and, 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 and you're making your own way. That's all awesome. from, from purely from yourself, but also like running your own empire. That's, that's absolutely fantastic. And I love to see it. Now tell me a little bit about uh, this uh, new apocalypse virtual world tour that you've got coming up. And this is the thing that uh, kind of brought, uh, to attention that uh, I wanted to have you as a guest and I wanted to make sure that we got the word out about this because uh, as a musician, I know it's been very, very hard for me, this uh, quarantine. This is probably the longest I've gone in two decades without being on stage. Same. And it's it's really difficult. And and so I'm always a huge fan of these, these web shows and things that people are doing, but this is something uh, super unique. And, and I'm really kind of curious about that. So I want you to kind of talk about Welcome to the new apocalypse, the virtual world tour. Yeah, this this is a, lo a lot of fun. Um, a musician friend, uh, Thomas from Seraphim, uh, he got the idea. And we played a show together uh, with Cryptomnesia and him and DK Zero. Um, and he had this idea of, you know, 
we can't play live or on stage or have a tour. What if we make it virtual? We, we make it seem like we're playing in different locations. And what we do is we're playing in different time zones to make it look like, hey, we're coming to Germany. Hey, we're coming to the UK. Or we're going to be playing the West Coast, East Coast, Central. And uh, so we have five different time zones. And each show features a local band as well. Nice. And, uh, so we, we try to get as many musicians and uh, support just to get our names out there. Um, like you said, it's it's been a long time since everyone has played live shows. And it's, it's sad. Uh, we're just we can't wait to do this. Um, and I only got to play two live shows uh, for new, uh, as Nuda before the pandemic. So right when I was getting started, everything <sighs> shut down. I'm like, God, <laughs> oh. everybody here, everybody here understands that unique special energy that you get from playing on a stage in front of people. So to have that, the rug yanked out from under you right when you're revving up is that's, that's tragic. And I feel sorry that happened, but yeah. Yeah. This, is a great, this, this is a great way to sort of like mitigate that and, and to, to still be able to get yourself out there and, and play right. in front of people. Yeah, I'm right there. we dropped we dropped an EP like a week before the pandemic. Oh no! And so all the shows that we had lined up to support the EP, oh, went away. And so uh, <laughs> nothing with it. It's terrible. Yeah. Um. Another thing that we're doing too is we're holding VIP packages. So if you're, you know, typically if you're to go to a show in person, you know, you can get VIP tickets and hang out with the band and look at sound check before you know talk with them for a little bit. We're doing that right. too before the show or in very cool. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're trying to put every aspect of going to a show in person or, or watching a tour and we have special tour merchandise just, you know, strictly for these shows. Um, and we have different designs and, and posters to make it look like, Hey, I went, you know, I went to this tour uh, for the, for these bands and, uh, I love the cool links idea. that you. I love the links that you're going to because a lot of people are doing the whole uh, streaming web concert and things like that. But uh, I really like the fact that you guys are taking and ratcheting it up to the nth degree with with actual tour merchandise and 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 the posters and and working within the time zones of these uh, events to still do a live show, regardless. And so it's not just you re-airing a show; right. it's it's actually. That that is so above and beyond. I, I just I rock with that so freaking hard right now. That's so amazing. <laughs> totally. so, um, yeah, definitely. Thanks to Thomas for for putting this together, and um, really thankful that he wanted to include me in it. Um, and we we've all really become good friends. I mean, we meet every week um, with him and his his uh, other project, um, Fleisch Craig, and. Um, and oh my God, the shenanigans that goes on every <laughs> every Thursday. It ends up being it's supposed to be from eight to nine or you know, one hour. It ends up being three to four hours. And we veer off conversation. It's we should seriously have our own podcast and the it's like when you're rolling dice. Time flies and you're having fun for sure. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We actually have a, a friend, we call her our PM, you know, to you know, pull the reins and make sure we, we stay in line and stay on topic. And then we just like let loose after i need one of those i thought it was jim but he's worse than i am <laughs> no if, if you're looking to me for responsibility then that's like you're that's like going to mcdonald's hoping for a salad you might find one but you're gonna be disappointed <laughs> <laughs> so this is called a welcome to the new apocalypse virtual world tour of mm -hmm. course featuring nuda uh Fleischkrieg and 
uh, cryptomnesia as well as local acts, which you said that that is spectacular. I love the Such idea. Such a great idea. That. And the, uh, the tickets we feel like are reasonable prices. Uh, they're they're fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we you know we know tough times right now for everyone. So we're doing our best to you know have people be able to to watch. Well, even your VIP tickets at fifty bucks a pop are not not unattainable. Those are and for what you said that that happens with those tickets. I mean, you get the access to the sound checks and you get to feel like you're a part of it. Uh, that is well worth the price of admission, I think, in that case. And and I think something like this kind of sets the bar, uh, if you don't mind me uh, overinflating y'all's ego just a little bit. But uh, it kind of, you know, I've definitely when I when I saw the idea behind it and I've been looking into it and uh, prior to our conversation, uh, I've been looking for ways to try and get the band active again uh, during the pandemic. And nothing has been nothing's really hit. And so it's been really difficult to to move forward. And, and something like this is very inspirational for me, at least, even as an artist. So, yeah, if nothing else, even if you can't be innovative and, and on top of your ideas like uh, like Nita and her friends are, at the very least, anybody who's in a band right now, they're going to come out on the other side of this, not only really well rehearsed, but yeah. also that you're going to find audiences that are incredibly hungry to get out and have those experiences again. So, you know, things are pretty bleak right now, but uh, they're only uh, going to be on an upswing as soon as, as soon as that herd immunity, that vaccination uh, culture starts to really take hold. And, yeah. and, you know, to, to veer wildly off topic, I keep, cause I'm my, my, one of my biggest fandoms is politics. I, I, I love hearing people like Dr. Fauci yeah. say that maybe by <laughs> April, Oh, shut yeah. up. Maybe by April, we should all be in line to get vaccines. So at the very least, hopefully, um, maybe some of y'all who are in active bands can uh, maybe have a summer at the very least. Maybe you can take advantage of that big concert going season and book some actual live shows, um, you know, to kind of get that. Because, uh, I mean, you know, the virtual shows are, are awesome from the perspective of like the audience. You want to people want to check you out. But, you know, as a performer, there's just there's nothing that compares to being on stage, soaking up that energy from a, a, a rowdy crowd that's into what you're doing. Right. It, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm starting to see places open up a little bit more, too, even around the world. I'm like, oh, I want to yeah. be there. Um, but I also think, too, um, that I feel like the live streaming shows will still continue once everything. I hope so. Again. Because I hope so. It's a good idea. Yeah. And it's a, a lot more people are able to go because, you know, one, True. they can be in the comfort of their home. They don't pay for overpriced drinks and food. Um, or they don't have to worry about driving. Um, there could be people who are handicapped and want to really go, but it's difficult. Um, you know, you name it. It, it. it definitely opens the door for for more exposure and more fans to be able to, to watch you play. I yeah, that definitely agree. does have a very egalitarian, uh, democratizing effect on being able to reach people with your art, for sure. Now, I, I'm excited. We just signed up for a new show. We got an actual live show. It's a socially distanced outdoor venue in April. Oh, wow. that we're going to be doing and i'm super excited about that now and i, and I realize it's like fuck i gotta start like losing the quarantine weight and getting back up to punching <laughs> weight and i start remembering to see me from the neck down again i gotta start remembering my lyrics again because i can't cheat off a screen and <laughs> i'm super yeah, that's, excited that's that's, that's, really been a, that's been a fun thing too is like when i'm recording music like you play it a couple times, you record it, and then it's good to go. And then a year later, yeah. I'm like, I need to play a show. What I need to I, remember what I, I even played. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you guys mind if I have a notepad up here? Because I forgot my own lyrics. Uh, I'm embarrassed <laughs> to say that, but 
But no, it's, you got it's, one it's, job, dude. Sing the words. <laughs> Sing the words you wrote. It's not. I can't even say it. it's like I lost. I forgot someone else's lyrics because I used to do uh, uh, tribute acts. I was in a tool oh. tribute band for about five years, and oh wow. And so singing other people's lyrics, it's like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll forget because it's not my words. I didn't put the emotion into it. Well, don't, don't you feel bad. Get your own shit. Oh. <laughs> don't feel bad. One of my favorite bands in the world, and Kev, you know this, is, is Better Than Ezra. I love them dearly. I've seen them like 81 times in concert. They're one of my favorite all-time bands. And their singer, Kevin, is he's a really, he's fantastic. He's got a great stage presence, but he is notorious for fucking up his own words on stage. You know, <laughs> and we all know the songs because we've heard them more recently and more frequently than he has because we're, we're the fan base. So we'll be in the audience singing along and we'll sing the right words and he'll fuck them up and then he looks real sheepish. But, you know, <laughs> so you are to be forgiven because there are people who've been doing this for, you know, 25, 30 years who are still, you know, messing up their own words, the ones that they themselves wrote and recorded and, <laughs> and, uh, and can't seem to pull out of their head in, in the moment of clutch. So uh, again, the, the, the name of the tour is the Welcome to the New Apocalypse Virtual World Tour. It takes place over the course of March 11th to the 13th uh, online. Uh, tickets are available on sale at Indiegogo, correct? Yep. You can... Uh, yeah, you can you can look up the tour name and and we should come up, or right, we, yeah. we have a event page and a Facebook page too. Okay. And I'm sure it's also linked on your website because you're such a conscientious webmaster. You've got your links all all in order all the time. Yes, I do. It's on there as yeah. well. Uh, so again, that website is www.nuda-official.com. Uh, once again, I want to remind everybody: Friday, March 5th, as this airs, as you're listening to. My voice flow into your ear holes. Uh, Nuda's new album, uh, is Mindful Tragedies, is now available for download as well. And so I'm personally very much looking forward to that. Um, I want to uh, thank you for, for coming on to our show today and, and kind of hanging out with us and putting up with us being as nerdy and stupid as we are most of the time. So, And we are nerdy uh, and stupid for sure. It's kind of our brand. Are <laughs> definitely. Stay on brand. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to throw out there? Or? No, we've definitely covered everything. I just really appreciate you, you know, having me join your, your podcast and oh, absolutely. chatting about nerdiness and music. And um, thank you. That, that's absolutely kind of where thank I you. Uh, where I sit. Nerdiness and music—that's my deal. So, well, Nuda, I want to thank you guys for coming on to the podcast. I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of. The Fuel Your Fandom Podcast. Once again, if you're looking to reach out for the show, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Fuel Your Fandom. You can definitely reach us on our Gmail as well, fuelyourfandom at gmail.com. Or if you have an idea for a show a topic or you'd like to be a guest on the show or know somebody else who would like to be a guest on the show, the address you want to use is fyftalentbooking at gmail.com. That is fyftalentbooking at gmail.com. That will pop directly into our inboxes and we can consider your topics and, and bring you on the show if you've got any interest in talking about any of the same nerdy stuff that we've been uh, pushing into your ears for, for a couple of months now. <laughs> and so from Jim and I, I want to thank you for listening and remember that everything is fandom and fandom is everything. Take care.